adhering to structure and you get chaos my friend shadow man was a tap dancing hamburger you fucking suck dude put this in your fucking like gooch which is like your hot first grab jim's right arm and then his left his arms were pulled from their sockets it was like What's going on, everyone? This is Spooky Boners, a family podcast, and I do believe I am still John Prout. Glad to be back bringing a new story from the mind of my father, Larry Sr. This story is about two kids who go into the woods to explore and have fun and go on an adventure, and absolutely nothing goes wrong. Maybe something goes completely entirely wrong and terrible, and everyone dies. Well, you'll just have to listen to find out what happens. To all of our fellow boners and bonets, thanks for, uh, riding along with us that was probably a poor choice of words sorry but thanks for listening give us um any support negative positive let us know what we're doing good let us know what we're doing bad find us on soundcloud itunes podcast join the facebook group gonna give a quick teaser for our next episode we're bringing it local without too many spoilers it's quite possibly one of the worst tragedies in America school history, and it actually happened in our state of Michigan, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Without any further ado, we'll go ahead and get into the next installment of Larry's Lore, grab a snack, turn up the volume, and enjoy That's Not My Dad. Hey John, Luke yelled before he boarded the school bus. Why don't you ask your mom if you can spend the night? John was walking home. He lived in town. The elementary school that the two boys attended was just a couple of blocks from John's house. Luke lived about 10 miles out of town. Luke's head and right arm poked through the window of the school bus as the bus left the school slowly passing John. Sounds good, Luke, said John. I'll call you later. Luke pulled his head and arm back in through the window. John slung his backpack over his shoulder. The school buses passed him one by one as they left the school. John followed in the direction of the buses, walking down the sidewalk to his house. It was a warm, sunny Friday afternoon in June, as the boys finished their fifth grade year at the Michigami Elementary School in Brethren, Michigan. It was the last day of school. John and Luke had been friends since kindergarten. They usually had the same teacher every year, played flag football together, and often stayed up late playing video games on a Friday or Saturday night. After John got home from school, He had dinner and did a few chores. It was then he got the okay from his parents to spend the night at Luke's. John packed up his video games and a few other things. He hopped into the family car. John's dad, Larry, soon joined John in the car and Larry and John drove out to Luke's house. Luke's house sat off a quiet gravel road outside of town. There weren't too many houses where Luke lived. There was a lot of woods, swamp, and some farmland. It was a stark contrast to living in town as John did. John was used to town noise, such as neighbors talking, kids playing, and traffic sounds. At night, John's house was never really totally dark inside. There was always the glow of the streetlights coming through the windows. At Luke's house during the day, it was usually quiet, except for the faint sound of a far-off tractor plowing a cornfield. 
At night, when the lights were turned off at Luke's house, it was pitch black. You couldn't see your hand in front of your face. There were also many night sounds at Luke's house. At night, the insects and frogs singing could be deafening, and sometimes it was very still, except for the hoot of an owl or the howl of coyote. John and Luke did their usual eating junk food and playing video games well into the night. At around 12 a.m., Luke asked John if he wanted to go exploring on the trail through the woods behind Luke's house. It was a really still night with a three-quarter moon that gave off a soft white glow outside. When the boys left the house, they noticed that they could see their shadows on the ground. The air was cool and heavy with dew. Luke turned on the flashlight and the two boys headed for the trailhead at the edge of the property. Luke and John had walked the trail before. They were only allowed to go as far as Luke's dad's deer blind, which sat about 200 yards down the trail. When John had visited Luke's house on a separate occasion, it was during the day. Luke's dad had sent the boys out to get the trail cam he had put out by his deer blind. When Luke and John returned with the trail cam, Luke's dad, Dave, would insert the trail cam disc into his computer, and the three of them would stare at the computer screen looking for what the trail cam had captured. Sometimes it was a deer or a raccoon. Sometimes they would see a coyote or a bobcat. It was always great fun for the boys to investigate the trail cam disc. You could track the time the animal had passed by the camera and see patterns in the animal's behavior. It was like performing some kind of detective work. Usually the camera worked like a charm with really good resolution. There was one time though, about a week ago. Luke had brought in the trail cam for his father. Both sat down to see what animals had passed by. They saw the familiar creatures except for one. The image was fuzzy. It looked like the outline of a man. Luke and his dad could make out what looked like a flannel shirt, maybe a hat. It looked like a boonie hat to keep the sun off, maybe? Not sure. Again, the image was fuzzy. If it was a man, his clothes didn't seem to fit properly, and he was very large. Luke and his dad really couldn't see the man's face. The picture was too distorted. Maybe the rain that weekend fogged up the trail cam lens? The time the camera showed, it was 6 a.m. Dave assumed it was probably a local farmer looking for a missing calf. It wouldn't be the first time Luke's family had a stray cow or goat pass through their property. Luke and John had traveled on the trail about 200 yards. They had crossed an open field, jumped the creek, and now they were entering the hardwoods. Luke and John had passed Dave's trail cam. They were no longer on Luke's property. They were entering federal land that used to be logged years ago. They stopped at the edge of the woods. Luke shut the flashlight off. The boys stood in silent and listened to the night sounds. They could hear deer crashing through the woods ahead of them. A barred owl hooted off in the distance to the left. And over to the right? What was that sound over to the right? A knocking sound. What makes a knocking sound at night? Woodpeckers make knocking sounds during the day, but this was after midnight. Besides, it didn't sound like a woodpecker. It sounded like something hitting a baseball bat against a tree. Knock, knock, knock. There it goes again. Luke decided to leave the flashlight off until they could pinpoint where the knocking was coming from. 
John, whispered Luke, do you see any light where that knocking sound is coming from? Luke was thinking that someone would have to be carrying a flashlight or maybe have a campfire lit. No, I don't see anything, John whispered back. The knocking had stopped. The boys stood in silence in the darkness for a few seconds when they heard the low guttural growl which turned into a high-pitched scream. The knocking continued. Knock, knock, knock. Luke and John slowly moved behind some scrub brush and crouched down. The knocking stopped again. This time, instead of a growl and scream, the boys heard a shuffling noise crossing just ahead of them on the trail. Luke and John couldn't be sure, but they both heard what sounded like mumbling, like someone talking to themselves. The shuffling and mumbling continued, and the sound faded away into the night. The boys gathered themselves. What the heck was that? Luke whispered loudly. I don't know, but we gotta find out, John answered. The initial fear and shock of the knocking and screaming had worn off. Luke thought for a minute. I bet it's my dad trying to scare us. It would be just like him. Let's go find him. Luke and John now saw this as a late-night adventure. Luke kept the flashlight low to the ground as the two boys headed north on the trail. They were getting deeper into federal land. Luke led the way and John was right on Luke's heels. Suddenly Luke stopped and pointed to the ground. John, look! Luke was pointing to the ground. This must be where he crossed the trail. Luke was referring to the turned-up leaves and dirt crossing the main trail. John and Luke looked at each other. John whispered, Must have been caused by your dad shuffling in the woods and making all that noise, like he was some kind of creature or something, John whispered. Luke pointed the flashlight at the tracks. He could see the tracks or the shuffling marks on the ground that made the trail heading west. The boys headed west. They couldn't turn back. This was too much of a mystery. A summer adventure. So on they went. Luke and John were off the main trail now, following the shuffling tracks through the woods. The moon was bright, the air was damp, cool, and wet. Luke kept the flashlight low to the ground. An occasional mosquito buzzed in John's ear. John looked behind him as he swatted a mosquito away. He could make out the silhouette of the trees and the dark shapes of scrub brush. There were no more knocks or screams from the creature. Luke and John followed the trail deeper into the woods. When we find my dad, said Luke, we're really going to spook him. The trail ascended to the top of a ridge where Luke and John stopped to listen. With the flashlight off, the boys sat down on log in silence. Once again, the boys could hear the night sounds of the crickets, frogs, and the faint hooting of a far-off barred owl. There was one sound that didn't quite seem to fit into the orchestra of the night. It was a subtle, slow sound at first, but then it grew just a bit louder. The sound was coming from the bottom of the ridge. It sounded like someone talking? No. The cadence and tones were right for human conversation, but the words were intelligible. The sound would rise and fall, or even sounded like someone laughing, or what sounded like some kind of laughter. The boys sat on the log as still as they could to try to make out what was being said but there were no words that could be understood, just low and high grunts, groans, and mumbling that gave the impression of conversation. But even with that, the conversation seemed one-sided. A faint glow appeared at the bottom of the ridge. The light seemed to be glowing behind some brush. 
perhaps an old deer blind? Luke remembered his dad mentioning something about a new deer blind he had built, but Luke wasn't sure what part of the woods the new blind was in. John, whispered Luke, that's got to be my dad's new hunting spot. He's probably going to pop out and try to scare us. Not if we get him first, said John. Let's head down the ridge real slow and sneak up on your dad. The boys started heading down the ridge, careful not to make any noise. The low and high grunts, groans, and mumbling continued. The noises gave good cover for the boys as they headed slowly towards the yellow glow of the light at the bottom of the ridge. John and Luke moved as slowly and quietly as they could until they were about 100 feet from the light. There they could see the light was contained in what looked like a makeshift shelter. It seemed too large for a deer blind. The structure was made of large logs. Branches were woven through the sides of the structure and along the top, which created a roof. The whole structure was about 20 feet by 20 feet and was about 8 feet high. The yellow light glowed through the small openings between the logs and the branches of the structure. Convinced that Luke's dad was inside the makeshift shelter with the glowing light, Luke and John crept forward until they were now 20 feet away. Luke put up his index finger to his lips and gave the shh sign. Luke pointed to the opening of the shelter with the yellow light and motioned for John to follow him. The boys smiled at each other, moved in even closer to the blind so they could see through its entrance. That's not my dad, was the only thought that entered Luke's brain. Both boys were froze in horror. Inside the shelter of logs and branches was a log that served as a table in the center of the dwelling. The two other logs served as chairs next to the table. At the table sat a large man with a straw hat and torn up flannel shirt. Across from that man sat another man with no shirt. The man with the torn flannel shirt seemed to be making all the sounds. The shirtless man sat in silence. It was a one-way conversation. The boy's eyes adjusted to the dull glow of the flashlight that was sitting inside of the structure on the floor between the two men. What Luke and John began to piece together was horrifying. The man with the torn flannel shirt was not a man. Under the straw hat, was a large head covered in thick, dark hair. The thick hair poked through the holes of the arms of the torn shirt. The shirt really didn't fit the beast. The shirt was draped over its wide shoulders. Large, dark hands the sides of catcher's mitts connected to bulging forearms waved through the air as the creature carried on an unintelligible one-way conversation with a man. A man whose arm was torn from his socket and lay inside the nest on the dirt floor by the glowing yellow flashlight. The man was a corpse. His head didn't seem natural. It was swollen, round from being smashed from behind. The eyes bulged in a freakish stare. The mouth hung open as if in an eternal scream. Finally, the last thing Luke processed in his racing mind was that the corpse was his father. His father had been out in the woods. It was his shirt, flashlight, and now beaten body. What had happened? Luke and John snapped to and grabbed a hold of one another as they scrambled to their feet. The forest floor was a traitor to their stealth. Leaves rustled, twigs snapped as they hysterically tried to pick a direction and run. The beast rose to his feet, brushing its crested head against the roof of the nest. It threw its head back and let out a deafening roar. (laughs) 
Its lips curled back, revealing fangs that hung down past the rest of its square-shaped teeth. The beast's face was somewhere between human and primate, but would not be allowed in either group. It was a phantom living among all other species, submissive to none. The beast was most prolific at night hunting, but when startled, could become combative. It lurched out of its nest, following its primeval drive. In two steps, it covered the ground between the two boys. There were abrupt screams, then silence. Deep inside the forest, one can hear the sounds of frogs, insects, and the faint call of a coyote. The wind makes the trees whisper, but there is another sound. The cadence and tone of what seems like language seems human, but the words are unintelligible to us. Under the shelter made of logs and brush at the bottom of the ridge, the faint glow of a flashlight can be seen inside the shelter. The language sound continues. It's a one-sided conversation between four participants now. Luke is finding it difficult to speak now that his jaw has been torn off by the beast. John stares at Luke, his drool creeping down his shoulder, fluid dripping from his ears due to the back of his skull being cracked like an egg. The one corpse with the bulging eyes and missing arms waits endlessly for his turn to speak. 